Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A note. You may notice that I sound a bit different in this season. That's because I'm not recording in a studio like in season one. Hoping the entire conservative Oko team will be vaccinated soon so we can work together in person once more. Hi, baby! <laughs> I always imagined there would be the perfect guy, the perfect wedding night, all of these things. So I guess I was always curious and I, I always had a passionate heart. I knew I had a sexual awakening just waiting to be opened up and released. So you haven't experienced that sexual awakening yet? In private, yes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dr. Rika Cruz, Puma Podcast. I'm a sex and relationships therapist. And for years, I've listened to women talk about their self-doubt, apprehensions, and insecurities in sex. And what I tell them is this. You're okay. You're normal. Your story is my story. I want us women to enjoy sex, to see sex as something good, and to own our womanhood in and out of the bedroom. Kaya dito sa conservative ako, We'll talk about everything you've always wanted to know about sex and female pleasure. Let's help each other embrace and unleash our inner sexy goddesses. In the last episode of Conservative Ako, we talked to a good friend of mine, Kay Bonagat, about how she grew up in a household that had certain expectations of what a girl could and couldn't do. We discussed how she was molded by a Catholic education and how her parents didn't really talk to her about sex. So, she had to make up her own rules as she became an adult and started to engage in sexual activities. Hindi siya conservative, sabi niya. Pero ang paligid niya, medyo. Now, we'll continue our exploration into what it means to be conservative. With me is Z Saldua, a beauty queen who's also a member of the Philippine Army, a host and public speaker, and a modern Muslim woman. So today, what we want to know is, what does conservative mean for you? Conservative ka ba? So in the Philippines, I would say that I'm more conservative than others, but in the Middle East, I'm a little bit more liberated than others. Like I do date, but I don't get into a relationship without having the intention of going to marriage. So every time I date and then a guy would want to take it to the next step, I usually 
ask them that mature question of, okay, where do you see this relationship going though? Do we have the same vision in our, in our lives? So I, that's one thing that people say, like I've been single for most of my life and people are always asking me, oh, Siguro, you're so conservative or Siguro, you, you focus too much on your work or your parents must be strict. Like they have all of these assumptions about me, but for me, it's just about choosing to be with the right person. And another part would be like, I don't wear bikinis. I don't wear something that's super kita ang cleavage, even if like, let's, let's just be honest. I'm blessed with <laughs> a Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm blessed with that. So I don't really need to show it off a little bit more. I mean, I don't judge mm-hmm. anyone who wants to dress the way they want to dress, but it's just my preference. And for me, it's a little bit more modest than other people. And that's how people consider me as conservative. I don't go out and party that much. Maybe if it's a special occasion, I would go to the club for my friends. I don't drink. I don't smoke. So going back, you did say that your parents were kind of strict with you growing up? Well, people like to assume that they're super strict, but they they have boundaries. So for example, when I was Mm -hmm. younger, if I went places, they always have to know who I'm going with and where I'm going. And my parents, well, my dad used to drop me off all of my events because I've been working since I was 16. My chaperone ka. Lagi, lagi. And it's a good thing because, you know, in the beginning, he's telling me all of these criticisms on how to become better as a host. And eventually, he just slowly allowed me to do my own thing. But for the longest time, he was there. It's strict, but, you know, with... I'd like to say a long leash, but now that I'm older, I'm 29, I can drive. Uh, of course, they give me more freedom of mm-hmm. what I want. Yeah. I like how you put it. It's a long leash because yeah. <laughs> in that sense, you still have your own space to grow and discover who you are as a person and as a woman, right? Yes. So. Yeah, speaking of your dad, what were you taught about sex when you were growing up? Well, I'm uh, very lucky that when I was in grade 6 or grade 5, I was in an international school in Jordan. So we Mm -hmm. had sex education where the students, the female students and the male students were separated. And we were talked about a lot of things, not just about sex, but puberty, because we were at that age where we were about to experience it. And then, of course, going into the more detailed side, which is sex. And my parents did talk to me about it, not in so much detail, but they would definitely talk about it in some sense where they they mention, make sure to choose the right person, make sure that you're not just giving it away to anybody to always value yourself, but not to the point where they gave me details. So not too specific. Not too specific because mm-hmm. I feel like they were worried of encouraging me possibly or maybe saying something that might be too awkward. Because, of course, being in the Middle East, we were a little bit more, like I said, a little bit more conservative. And we were taught to be very, very, I don't like to say like very virginized, but like very taking, very valued as a woman, you know, like protecting mm-hmm. oneself. Mm-hmm. But it's not in a negative sense like, oh, if you're going to go out and sleep with anybody, you're going to be called, we're not going to be called a slut or a whore just because we're sleeping Mm -hmm. around with anybody. Like your business is your business. But they were always encouraging to not give it away so easily and of course to protect yourself. So you grew up in the Middle East and uh, you're a Muslim. So growing up, what were the expectations of you as a young woman? 
towards your sexual behavior. All of the women are expected to be preserving themselves. And mm-hmm. I, I honestly didn't really think of it as a bad thing or a good thing. I just thought that everybody did it. You know, it was the norm. And we were not shamed into doing so. We were empowered. People think that mm-hmm. in the Middle East, you're shamed to hide your sexuality. But actually, it was the opposite. Even my uncle, who is a sheikh, which is an equivalent to a priest, he mm-hmm. would tell me that the reason why women would cover up is not to... Uh, not because they're ashamed of who they are or their body, but it was because you are very valuable, you are precious, so you should treat your body with respect. And the way, the reason why you cover up is so that other people won't try to uh, try to mess you up without your permission. You know, like mm-hmm. to eliminate temptation. Mm-hmm. But he knows, and he told me, like, no matter how you react, men will always try to get to you, even even if you're wearing clothes or if you're not wearing clothes, men will always try to be attracted to you or to get to you. But as much mm-hmm. as possible, one thing to help yourself is to cover up so that the male gaze is not going to go directly at you. So it was really more of being empowered, having the right to choose and not shamed into hiding my sexuality. Yeah, That's so it's it not as if it's not as if you were hiding you were actually celebrating it by um, covering up. So how were you able to reconcile that? Like when you when you grew up and then you um, transferred, you moved here to the Philippines and then you see people are just dressed the way they're dressed, right? Yeah. I love the fact that the Philippines was so diverse because you can see not even just Muslims, but even Christians, like different sects of Christianity, they had their own way of dressing up. So you would see that thing. And they would be a little bit they have long, long skirts, you know, maybe a long sleeve. Of course, there's a culture shock because there were more people who were comfortable with their body that they were able to wear uh, maybe a, a lower neckline and short shorts. And for me, it wasn't, I never judged them. And mm-hmm. I've tried to wear something like that during like swimming, but I never felt comfortable. It was just, it wasn't who I was as a person. I don't feel comfortable um, also being stared at by other guys. Maybe if it was if guys were different in their reactions, maybe it would make me more comfortable. But every time I wear something that's covered, even people would stare at my guys, stare at my girls. Were you policed when it came to your sexual behavior growing up? Were there rules, specific rules that you need to follow? Well, my parents were never really concerned about me getting close to guys because most of my friends were guys growing up. And I don't think I had an experience where we experienced malice, you know. And there was one time we watched Don John with, I can't remember his name. Uh, Yeah, what's the three names? He has three names. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There you go. (laughs) Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay. So if anybody has watched it, they will know how cringeworthy it was because I watched mm-hmm. it with my dad. We were bored and we, were, and we had free tickets to watch any movie. And at that time, we watched almost every movie in the cinema and we watched it and it was all about porn and sex and porn and sex. And I'm just like there, oh, not no. looking at my dad directly. How was that? It was so awkward. And at the end of the show, uh, at the end of the movie, I said, so that was interesting, huh? And he was like, yeah. And I said, 
there are a lot of people who are addicted to porn, huh? So we had an adult conversation, but it wasn't deep enough to talk about more about sex or in any kind. It was just strictly about the movie. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it was so awkward. I swear to you, the entire time I was like, "Oh my gosh, please not another sex scene. Please not another masturbating scene. Please." <laughs> But I guess it was like also empowering for you to get out of there alive. <laughs> for sure, I was like, "Please don't talk to me about this, Dad. Please, because I'm old enough. I know he? this." Did well, he? he? He didn't talk about it. Like I said, he never talked about it in a sense where. Uh, he directed it at me. It was always in hidden messages, but d- strictly about the movie. But you know, parents don't say things unless they want you to hear what they're saying. So it was okay for me to discover it on my own. I just didn't like talking about it growing up. But you know, I always. In high school, I would always dream about what my first kiss would be like. You know, what my what, what would my first time be like. I always mm-hmm. imagined there would be the perfect guy, the perfect wedding night, all of these things. So I guess I was always curious, and I I always had a passionate heart. I knew I had a sexual awakening just waiting to be opened up and released. So you haven't experienced that sexual awakening yet in private, yes. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Okay, so like, given these things, no, how how did they affect how you behaved in sexual situations? Because it sounds like you are conservative in a sense, but you're also owning up to your sexuality, mm-hmm. to know how to you know pleasure yourself, to know who you are, to know what's comfortable and what's not comfortable. I think my parents are always in the back of my mind, allowing me to be more. Careful with my actions, not for not because again, it was never about shame, but really, really being empowered as a woman and choosing what I want to do with my own body. And I and believe it or not, a lot of people would think that I'd be praised for being conservative like this. But I have so many groups as well, and so many people that I've talked to where they were shaming me for being conservative. Like in college, I was really going out of my way to explore. About life, about my career, what I wanted to do, and from there, especially in mass communication or communications, when you're going into film and you're going into different different areas of communications and media, I get to meet so many different kinds of people, which I love. I love that. However, of course, you always meet one, two, maybe three bad apples in the group, and they either make you feel like shit or they make you feel good, but. The bad apples usually make you feel like shit, and sometimes I would get that sense of, oh, siguro napaka conservative mo, wala kang kaalam alam, or why is it because your parents are holding you back? Like they try to make me feel like I didn't choose this, and they would always say, "Don't you want to try it just for once?" And how do you deal with that? Before, before I would have a certain way of answering it where I was very ambiguous with my answer. So it was enough to get them off my back. But the older that I got, the more proud I was with who I am because I felt that I shouldn't be ashamed of it. I just felt like nobody should be pushing me around. And my parents always reminded me that too. You know, after every event or every project, again, they're the ones who are picking me up, dropping me off. So 
if they see that I'm doing or if they see that my friends from, are from a certain group, they might mention something that would remind me like, hey, just because they're drinking doesn't mean that you have to drink or hey, just because you hear someone flipping around doesn't mean you should too. It's your choice, what you want to do with your body, what you want to do with your life. But of course, they would always try to influence me in a sense where they want me to be more protected, meaning they want me to steer away from what they consider as vices. I felt like I had a responsibility to them to listen to them as much as possible. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's your respect <laughs> for your parents that made you, you know, not be rebellious or that made you be more open to what they're saying too, right? And to protect yourself the way that you want to. It's not as if it's not your choice. I always listened more when my parents tell me why. Because there was one time my dad was picking me up, even from school, which was five, ten minutes away via trike. And I would tell him, why are you picking me up and dropping me off? I'm 18 years old. I'm old enough. I'm in college, blah, blah, blah. But he said in a calm tone, look, you're 18 years old. In a couple of years, you're going to find someone you're going to marry. And I won't get to do this for you anymore. And oh. yeah, the muscle, like, how can you get mad at that? Or he said... You're going you're gonna to be able to drive yourself and I won't be able to take care of you anymore. So I want to spend as much time with you and be a father to you as much as possible. So when I think of those moments, those are the times where I don't feel resentful towards my parents anymore because they explained why they did the things that they did. It's more for him yeah. to show you how much he loves you. It's from that perspective mm-hmm. and of course if the narrative because it's like oh i'm protecting you you can always say that i, I can, can protect, protect myself, myself right yeah because yeah there's also that counter narrative for women not needing protection but he was coming from a place of love that you know i won't be able to do this for you forever yeah that's why <laughs> i want to spend time with you and in that Casey, I love your parents. I love your parents now. Thank you. <laughs> so sweet. You're 29, and you've learned a lot about yourself. What are the questions that you have about your sexual self now? I think I'm just curious about how it will all unfold. Because like I said, that part of me is still... I mean, I have a certain awakening, but it's not to the point where it's unleashed completely. And I, of course, the person that I want to unleash it on, unleash the beast on. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's really exciting to me. You know, so it's fun. It's fun to think about it, to think about the future and what it holds. And of course, I listen to your podcast and I listen to your oh, shows thank you. and your talks. So I feel like I'm in, like I said, I'm informed enough to try to make the right decisions or try to have the right reactions, but not to the point where I feel like I know what to expect. You know, oh, I'm, yes. I'm allowing there to be mystery. I'm allowing there to be curiosity and openness and just wanting to try and explore new things without putting any expectation. That's what makes it more magical, right? Magical, yeah. <laughs> quote unquote. Because <laughs> there's mystery and there's curiosity. Because yeah. if, you, if you're expecting something to happen, 
you'll have more chances of getting disappointed. <laughs> exactly. But, right? one thing, but if one you're thing, open, uh-huh, go ahead. <laughs> sorry, I just wanted to say one thing to my future husband. You better get ready, okay? Because once <laughs> I unleash the beast, there's no going back. You better have your stamina right or else... I know, you know what? Um, once you get engaged, I'm going to send this episode of our <laughs> podcast to your fiance, just so he knows what he's about to get into, literally sure. and figuratively. <laughs> I want I to have like a like the Kama Sutra or something. I want to have it, and then we're gonna flip the pages. And then whatever. Oh, I'll give you on. one. Don't worry. That's awesome. 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 <laughs> I want it to be like roulette, you know, Russian roulette. Like we whatever page it lands on, that's what we're gonna do tonight. I really love this conversation because while you were talking, all I could think of is I started with this question uh, are do you see yourself as a conservative woman? And what does conservative mean for you? And all I could think of is that you and your experiences and how you view your sexual self, it's giving another definition to the word conservative, right? Yeah. It's not it's not just black and white anymore. It's not just conservative means I'm gonna I'm not gonna have my sexual debut before marriage or like I can't wear this and wear that. I can't talk about sex. You're a mix yeah. of being conservative and liberated. So it's not just um you know, good girl, bad girl. It's not that they caught to me anymore. You are right in the middle. And you're very proud to own who you are, who your sexual self is. It's Deba? a journey. It's and definitely it. a journey. Mm-hmm. And where are you in this journey of yours? <laughs> of my life, in this journey of my sexuality. It's on mm. the road, you know. Things are working, just not full blast. Parang ganun nga. <laughs> But I just wish people would be, I mean, in the Philippines, we do have that sense of conservativeness because we don't openly talk about sex. But Mm -hmm. in small groups, we do. Behind We're all sexual beings. Exactly. We're all sexual beings. And it's natural. Just let's not shame anybody for any decision they have made. If they want to be, if they want to be you know, sexually active out there, then, you know, just let them be. If you want to be more conservative or you want to be, um, I don't want to use the conser- word conservative since you rephrased it into not something black and white. Maybe you are self-preserved. You're <laughs> keeping yourself self-preserved. <laughs> then it's not something to be ashamed of. And you can talk about it either way. And that's it, I guess, going back to the word conservative, because he said he didn't want to use it, but you know, it's the show conservative. And I, I really... Oh, that's true. I really, you I really want to find it. You're the redefinition of that word. That's why it's so amazing how you were able to do it by yourself through your experiences to teach yourself. Because you did say your parents talked to you about it. You had sex ed, but your parents just gave you a general view of it. And you, it was your curiosity to inform yourself and to know that, okay, I have my conservative, conservative quote-unquote values, but I also have this liberated woman values. And yeah. I need to put them together because that's who I am. Yeah. Right? And that's how you redefine the word um, conservative. And I love it. It's also 
it's it's something um refreshing thank you it's something refreshing um coming from you know women who were you did say you were shamed with um your sexuality and women who get to own their sexuality even before they had their sexual debuts yes it's different so Owning owning sexuality (laughs) is a really great thing because I don't think sexuality is just about sex. It's really about how you carry your body, your confidence. I know how to carry myself in front of other men, you know, like how to, is it so bad to say how to use it to my advantage? (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) But like, you know, like, yeah, go ahead. Because it's your, it's your pleasure, right? It's your wants, it's your needs. So... You can use it any way you want to. Yes. <laughs> it's it's really just, I like the fact that I can now say proudly, other than before, when I would, again, say these ambiguous or very gray-ish answers when people ask me or when they confront me about it. If they ask me if I'm conservative, conservative I'm proud to say conservative ako. That's it. Yes, thank you. I'm proud <laughs> because there's nothing wrong with being conservative. And at the same time, if they're going to be like, oh, so are you shaming other women for not being conservative? No, because it's their right either way. But for me, conservative, oh, that's it. I love it. And with that, we end this episode. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Z. I, I love this conversation. I also love how you reiterated that we shouldn't shame women, whatever their choice is. Yeah, we really shouldn't. True. And for this second episode of Conservative Host Season 2, our key takeaways are As parents, we are instrumental in how we shape our children's views about sex and how they want to explore their sexualities. Also, We learned that saving yourself from marriage doesn't mean you can no longer explore your sexuality. Hindi porket ayaw mong makipagsex sa ibang tao, ay hindi mo na pwede alamin kung sino ka as a sexual person. And lastly, we shouldn't shame other women for the choices they make about their sexual selves. We should support them for exploring their sexuality, but also we should respect them if they choose not to. Walang magagawa ang pagbibiyay. Again, I'm Dr. Rika Cruz, Puma Podcast. This episode was produced by Trisha Aquino and edited by Nico Bolante. In the next episode, we wrap up our discussion of what it means to be conservative and hear from two older women, both activists, both finding ways to embrace their sexuality and own their pleasures. Don't miss it! Subscribe to Conservative Ako on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And let's continue the conversation online. Like Conservative Ako on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join the Conservative Ako community on Facebook.